Act three of Amphitryon by Moliere, translated by Henri Van Lan. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act three. Scene one. Amphitryon alone. Yes, without doubt, fate conceals him purposely from me and i am weary at last of trying to find him out nothing can be more cruel than my lot notwithstanding all my peregrinations i cannot find him for whom i am looking i meet all those for whom i do not look a thousand cruel bores who do not imagine themselves to be so without knowing much of me are driving me mad with their congratulations upon our exploits in the cruel perplexity of the care that harasses me they overwhelm me with their embraces and their rejoicings only increase my uneasiness in vain i endeavour to pass them by to fly from their persecutions their killing friendship delays me everywhere and whilst i reply to the ardour of their expressions by a nod of the head i silently mutter a hundred curses upon them ah how little we feel flattered by praise and honour and all the fruits of a great victory when in our inmost soul we are suffering a poignant grief and how willingly would we barter all this glory to have the heart at rest every minute my jealousy harps upon my disgrace and the more my mind reverts to it the less am i able to disentangle its direful confusion the theft of the diamonds does not surprise me seals may be tampered with unperceived but she will have it that yesterday i presented the gift to her personally and this is what puzzled me most cruelly nature sometimes produces resemblances of which some impostors have availed themselves to deceive but it is preposterous that under such a semblance a man should pass himself off as a husband and in such a case there are a thousand differences which a wife can easily detect the wonderful effects of thessalian magic have at all times been extolled but those famous stories everywhere related of it have always passed with me for idle tales it would be a hard fate indeed that i fresh from a complete victory should be compelled to believe them at the cost of my own honour i will try once more interrogate her upon this vexatious mystery and find out if it be not some idle fancy that has imposed upon her disordered senses grant o oh righteous heavens that this thought may prove true and that for my own happiness she may have lost her senses scene two mercury amphitryon mercury on the balcony of amphitryon's house without being seen or heard by him since love offers me no pleasures here i will make myself some of a different nature and enliven my dull leisure by putting amphitryon out of all patience this may not be very charitable in a god but i shall not trouble myself much about that i find by my star that I am somewhat disposed to malice how comes it that at this hour the door is closed hello 
gently who knocks amphitryon not seeing mercury i who is i amphitryon perceiving mercury whom he takes for socia ah open open indeed and who may you be to make such an uproar and to speak in this strain what do not you know me no and have no wish to amphitryon aside is every one losing his senses to-day has the distemper spread sozia hello sozia well sozia yes that is my name are you afraid of my forgetting it do you see me clearly clearly enough what can possess your arm to make so great a noise what do you want down there ah you hang-dog what do i want what do you not want then speak if you would have me understand you wait you wretch i will come up there with a stick to make you understand and to teach you properly to dare speak to me in this manner gently if you make the slightest attempt at disturbance i shall send from this some messengers which you will not like oh heavens has such insolence ever been heard of can one conceive it from a servant from a beggar well what is the matter have you quite summed me up have you stared enough at me how wide he opens his eyes how wild he looks if looks could bite he would have torn me to shreds ere now i tremble at what you are bringing upon yourself with all these impudent remarks what a terrible storm you are brewing for yourself what a hurricane of blows will descend upon your back look here friend if you do not make yourself scarce from this place you may come in for some knocking about ah you shall know to your cost you scoundrel what it is for a servant to insult his master you my master yes scoundrel dare you deny me i recognize no other master but amphitryon and who except myself can this amphitryon be amphitryon no doubt what illusion is this tell me in what honest tavern have you been muddling your brain what again was the wine of the right sort oh heavens was it old or new what insults new is apt to get into one's head if drunk without water ah certainly i shall tear out that tongue of yours pass on my good friend believe me that no one here will listen to you i have some respect for wine go on get you away and leave amphitryon to the pleasures which he is enjoying what is amphitryon inside there indeed he is he himself covered with the laurels of a single victory is with a fair alcmena tasting the sweets of a charming interview they are indulging in the pleasures of a reconciliation after a rather whimsical love tiff you had better beware how you disturb their sweet privacy unless you wish him to punish you for your excessive rashness scene three amphitryon alone <sighs> how strangely has shocked my soul and how cruelly disturbed my mind and if matters stand as this wretch says to what condition do i see my honour and affection reduced 
upon what am i to resolve am i to make it public or to keep it secret and ought i in my anger to lock the dishonour of my house in my own breast or spread it abroad what is there any need of consideration in so gross an insult i have nothing to expect and nothing to compromise and all my uneasiness only ought to tend to my revenge scene four amphitryon socia nocrates and polydas at the farther part of the stage socia to amphitryon sir with all my diligence all that i have been able to do is to bring you these gentlemen here ah you are here sir insolent bold fellow what now i shall teach you to treat me thus what is the matter what ails you amphitryon drawing his sword what ails me wretch socia to nocrates and polydas help gentlemen please come quickly nocrates to amphitryon oh pray stop what have i done you ask me that you rogue to nocrates no let me satisfy my just anger when they hang a fellow they at least tell him why they do it nocrates to amphitryon please to tell us what his crime is yes gentlemen please to insist upon that how he just now had the audacity to shut the door in my face and to add threats to a thousand insolent expressions wishing to strike him ah you scoundrel socia dropping on his knees i am dead nocrates to amphitryon calm this passion gentlemen polydas to socia what is it has he struck me no he must have his deserts for the language he made free with just now how could that have been when i was elsewhere occupied by your orders these gentlemen here can bear witness that i have just invited them to dine with you it is true that he brought us this message and would not leave us who gave you that order you and when after your reconciliation amid the transports of a soul delighted at having appeased alcmena's anger socia gets up oh heaven every instant every step adds something to my cruel martyrdom and in this fatal confusion i no longer know what to believe or what to say all that he has just related to us of what happened at your house surpasses the natural so much that before doing anything and before flying into a passion you ought to clear up the whole of this adventure come you may assist my efforts and heaven brings you opportunely hither let us see what fortune may attend me to-day let us clear up this mystery and know our fate alas i burn to learn it and i dread it more than death amphitryon knocks at the door of his house scene five jupiter amphitryon nocrates polydas socia what is this noise that obliges me to come down and who knocks as if he were the master where i am just gods what do i see heaven 
What prodigy is this? What? Two Amphitryons are here produced before us. Amphitryon aside. My senses are struck dumb. Alas, I can no longer bear it. The adventure is at an end. My fate is clear enough, and what I behold tells me everything. The more closely I view them, the more I find that they are like each other in everything. Socia crossing to the side of Jupiter. Gentlemen, this is the true one. The other is an impostor who deserves chastisement. Certainly, this wonderful resemblance keeps my judgment in suspense. We have been deceived too much by an execrable scoundrel. I must break the spell with this steel. Nocrates to Amphitryon, who has drawn his sword. Stay! Let me alone. Ye gods, what would you do? Punish the vile deceptions of an impostor. Gently, gently, there is very little need of passion, and when a man bursts out in such a manner, it leads us to suspect the goodness of his reasons. Yes, it is a magician who has a talisman about him to resemble the masters of houses. Amphitryon to Socia. I shall let you feel, for your share, a thousand blows for this abusive language. My master is a man of courage, and he will not allow his people to be beaten. Let me satiate my fury and wash out my affront in this villain's blood. Nocrates stopping Amphitryon. We shall not suffer this strange combat of Amphitryon against himself. What? Does my honour receive this treatment from you? And do my friends embrace the cause of a rogue? Far from being the first to take up my revenge, they themselves prove an obstacle to my resentment. What would you have us resolve at this sight, when between two Amphitryons all our friendship is in suspense? Should we now show our zeal to you, we fear making a mistake and not recognising you. We see full well in you the image of Amphitryon, the glorious support of the Theban's welfare. But we also see the same image in him. Nor are we able to judge who is the real one. What we have to do is not doubtful, and the impostor ought to die by our hands. But this perfect resemblance conceals him between you two, and it is too hazardous a stroke to undertake without being certain. Let us ascertain gently on which side the imposture can be, and the moment we have disentangled the adventure, you will have no need to tell us our duty. Yes, you are right, and this resemblance authorizes you to doubt about both of us. I am not offended at seeing you wavering thus. I am more reasonable and can make allowances for you. The eye can detect no difference between us, and I see that one can easily be mistaken. You do not see me show my anger nor draw my sword. That is a bad method of clearing up this mystery, 
and I can find one more gentle and more certain. One of us is Amphitryon, and both of us may seem so to your eyes. It is for me to put an end to this confusion, and I intend to make myself so well known to every one that at the convincing proofs of who I may be, he himself shall agree about the blood from which I spring, and not have any further occasion to say anything. In the sight of all the Thebans I will discover to you the real truth, and the matter is undoubtedly of sufficient importance to require the circumstance of it being cleared up before every one. Alcmena expects from me this public testimony. Her virtue, which is being outraged by the publicity of this disorder, demands justification, and I am going to take care of it. My love for her binds me to it, and I shall convene an assembly of the noblest chiefs for an elucidation which her honor requires. While awaiting these desirable witnesses, pray please to honor the table to which Socia has invited you. I was not mistaken, gentlemen. This word puts an end to all irresolution. The real Amphitryon is the Amphitryon who gives dinners. Oh, heavens! Can I see myself humiliated much lower? What? Must I suffer the martyrdom of listening to all that this impostor has just said to my face, and have my hands tied, whilst his discourse drives me furious? Nocrates to Amphitryon you complain wrongly allow us to await the elucidation which shall render resentments seasonable i do not know whether he imposes upon us but he speaks as if he had right on his side go weak friends and flatter the imposture thebes has other friends different from you and I am going to find some who, sharing the insult done to me, will know how to lend their hand to avenge my just anger. Well, I await them, and I shall know to decide the quarrel in their presence. Scoundrel, you think perhaps to escape by these means, but nothing shall shield you from my revenge. I shall not condescend to answer this insulting language at present and by and by I shall be able to confound this rage with two words. Not heaven, not heaven itself shall shield you from it, and I shall dog your footsteps even unto hell. There will be no need of that, and you shall soon see that I will not fly. Amphitryon aside. Come, let us, before he gets out with him, make haste to assemble such friends as will second my vengeance and who will come to my house to lend me assistance to pierce him with a thousand wounds scene six jupiter nocrates polydas socia no ceremony i beseech you let us go quickly within doors certainly the whole of this adventure puzzles the senses and the reason a truce gentlemen to all your surprises and joyfully sit down to feast till morning alone now for a good feed and to put myself in condition to relate our valiant deeds i am itching to be at it and i was never so hungry in my life scene seven mercury socia stop what you come to poke your nose in here you 
impudent plate liquor. For mercy's sake, gently. Oh, you are at it again. I shall dust your coat for you. Alas, brave and generous I, compose yourself, I beg of you. Solcia, spare Solcia a little, and do not amuse yourself in cudgeling yourself. Who gave you permission to call yourself by that name? Did I not expressly forbid you to do so, under penalty of a thousand blows? It is a name we both may bear at the same time, under the same master. I am known for Socia everywhere. I allow that you should be he, allow that I may be he also. Let us leave it to the two amphitryons to display their jealousies, and, amidst their contentions, let us make the two Socias live in peace. No, one is quite enough, and I am obstinate in allowing no dividing. You shall have the precedence over me. I shall be the younger, and you the elder. No, a brother is troublesome, and it is not to my taste, and I wish to be an only son. Oh, barbarous and tyrannical heart, allow me at least to be your shadow. Nothing of the kind. Let your soul humanize itself with a little pity. Suffer me to be near you in that capacity. I shall be such a submissive shadow everywhere that you shall be satisfied with me. No quarter. The decree is immutable. If you again have the audacity to enter there, a thousand blows shall be the consequence. Alack, poor Socia, to what cruel disgrace are you reduced? What? Your lips still take the liberty of giving yourself a name which I forbid? No, I was not hearing myself, and I was speaking of an old Socia who was formerly a relative of mine, and whom, with the greatest barbarity, they drove out at the dinner hour. Beware falling into that mistake if you wish to remain among the living. Socia aside. How oh, I would thrash you if I had the courage for your too inflated pride, you double son of a strumpet. What are you saying? nothing you are i believe muttering something to yourself ask anyone i did not so much as breathe certain words about the son of a strumpet have struck my ear nothing is more certain it must be some parrot awakened by the beautiful weather farewell if your back should itch this is the spot where i reside socia alone oh heavens the cursedest hour to be turned out of doors is the dinner hour come let us submit to fate in our affliction let us to-day follow blind caprice and by a proper union join the unfortunate socia to the unfortunate amphitryon i perceive him coming in good company scene eight Amphitryon, Archdefontidas, Posicles, Socia, in a corner of the stage, without being seen. Amphitryon to several other officers who accompany him. Stay here, gentlemen. Follow us from a little distance, and do not all come forward, I pray you, until there is need for it. I understand that this blow must touch you to the very heart. My grief, alas, is poignant at all points. 
and I suffer in my affection as much as in my honour. If this resemblance is such as is said, Alcmina, without being to blame... Ah, in the matter in question, a simple error becomes a real crime, and against its will innocence perishes in it. Such errors, look at them in whatever light you will, touch us in the most delicate parts, and reason often pardons them when honour and love cannot do so. I do not perplex my thoughts about that, but I hate your gentlemen for their shameful delay, and that is a proceeding which wounds me to the quick, and of which people who have their hearts in the right place will never approve. When any one employs us, we should head foremost throw ourselves into his concerns. Our Gadifontidus is not for compromising matters. It does not become men of honour to listen to the arguments of a friend's adversary. One should listen only to revenge at such times. Such a proceeding does not suit me, and one should begin always in those quarrels by running a man through the body without much ado yes you shall see whatever happens that our gadifontidus goes straight to the point and i must crave as a particular favour that the scoundrel shall die by no other hand than mine come on socia to amphitryon i come sir to undergo on both knees the just punishment of accursed insolence strike beat thrash overwhelm me with blows kill me in your anger you will do it well i deserve it and i shall say not a word against you get up what are they doing i have been turned away without ceremony and thinking to eat and be merry like them i did not imagine that in fact i was waiting there to give myself a beating yes the other i servant to the other you has played the very devil with me again the same harsh destiny seems to pursue us both at present sir and in short they have unsociated me as they unamphitryoned you follow me is it not better to see if anybody is coming scene nine cleanthus amphitryon argatifontidas polidas anocrates porcicles socia oh heaven what scares you sir what is the fear with which i inspire you lord mercy you are up there and yet i see you here do not be in a hurry here he comes to give the wished-for explanation before us all and which if we may believe what he has just said about it shall at once dispel your troubling care scene ten mercury amphitryon archidefontidas polydas nocrates posicles cleanthus socia yes you all shall see him and know beforehand that it is the great master of the gods whom under the beloved features of this resemblance alcmena has caused to descend hither from the heavens and as for me i am mercury who not knowing what to do has thrashed more or less him whose form i have assumed but now he may comfort himself for the blows of a god confer honour upon him who receives them upon my word mr god i am your servant but i could have dispensed with your courtesy 
I henceforth give him leave to be soja. I am tired of wearing such an ugly face, and I am going to the skies to wash it off entirely with ambrosia. Mercury ascends to heaven. May heaven forever deprive you of the fancy of coming near me again. Your fury against me has been too inveterate, and never in my life did I see a god who was more of a devil than you. Scene 11. Jupiter, Amphitryon, Nocrates, Argatifontidas, Polidas, Posicles, Cleanthus, Socia. Jupiter, announced by the noise of thunder, armed with his thunderbolt, in a cloud on his eagle. Behold, Amphitryon, who has imposed upon you? and see Jupiter appearing in his own features. By these signs you may easily recognize him, and it is sufficient, I think, to reinstate your heart in the condition in which it ought to be, and to restore peace and happiness in your family. My name, which the whole world incessantly worships, quells in this case all scandal that might be spread. A share with Jupiter has nothing dishonorable in it, and doubtless it can be only glorious to find oneself the rival of the sovereign of the gods. I see no reason in it that your love should murmur, and it is I, god as I am, who in this adventure should be jealous. Alcmena is wholly yours, whatever pains may be taken, and it must be very gratifying to your love to see that there is no other way of pleasing her than to assume the appearance of her husband that even Jupiter, adorned by his immortal glory, could not by himself conquer her fidelity, and that what she granted him has, by her ardent heart, been granted only to you. My lord Jupiter knows how to gild the bill. Banish, therefore, your gloomy and heartfelt grief, and restore its wonted calm to the ardor which consumes you. In your house shall be born a son, who under the name of Hercules shall fill the vast universe with his exploits. A glorious fate, bearing a thousand blessings, shall prove to every one that I am your support. I shall make your destiny the envy of the whole world. You may safely flatter yourself with these promised hopes. It is a crime to doubt them. The words of Jupiter are the decrees of fate. He vanishes in the clouds certainly i am enraptured at these brilliant marks gentlemen will you please to follow my opinion embark not in these pretty congratulations it is a bad investment and pretty phrases are embarrassing on either side in such a compliment the great god jupiter has done us much honour and no doubt his goodness towards us is unequalled he promises the certain felicity of a glorious fate, bearing a thousand blessings, and that in our house shall be born a very mighty son. Nothing could be better than all this. But, in short, a truce to speeches, and let everyone retire in peace. It is always best in these matters to say nothing. End of Act 3 End of Amphitryon by Molière, translated by Henri van Laun.